Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to an emergency edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. The Browns will be releasing Odell Beckham Jr. at some point here in the next few days, so Mary Kay Cabot and I got together and we recorded a quick little podcast reacting to the news, talking about what's next for Baker Mayfield, what's next for Odell, and getting into maybe where Odell might land. Uh, Would we make the deal again? All sorts of stuff. So that's coming up here on this emergency edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your pods and, of course, become a football insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. All right, let's do this. An emergency Odell Beckham Jr. podcast. And here we go, Mary Kay. Odell Beckham, of course, uh, will be released here in the next few days. We're recording this on Friday at 3.12. We have heard from Kevin Stefanski today. We've heard from Andrew Barry. We even heard from Miles Garrett. Uh, but let's start here, Mary Kay. Just simply put, why didn't this work? Because back in 2019, we all remember the celebrations, the fireworks, the introductory press conference with Miles and Baker and Jarvis and... Super Bowl predictions, or I mean, I think I picked him to go 10 and 6 and make the playoffs that year. Why two and a half years later is this thing ending? Well, I mean, I think we've all talked about the first year, forget it. Throw that out the window, Freddie Kitchens. Last year, uh, I think that the whole offense didn't have its act together in the first half of the season. Kevin Stefanski didn't know how to use everybody yet. uh, And it hadn't, the lights hadn't come on yet for Baker Mayfield last year. Um, and then, you know, the one game that they really did try to put the ball into Odell Beckham Jr.'s hands was the Dallas game, and it worked out beautifully. I mean, he caught the touchdown pass from Odell, from Jarvis, one from Baker, and scored one on a reverse. Those are the kinds of things that you can do with Odell Beckham Jr. Fast forward to this year, he was coming off of a torn ACL. I think injuries had something to do with it on the part of both Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield. I actually think as they moved forward, they might have both gotten better, and they may have both gotten into a rhythm. I mean, Things happened quickly because the trade deadline was on Tuesday and um, the last straw was that Steelers game. I firmly believe in my heart of hearts, if Odell Beckham Jr. had caught five passes for 75 yards in that game and maybe a touchdown and they won that game, this would not have happened. That was the last straw for, for Odell Beckham Jr.'s camp. That was it. It was that was it was over after that. And there were things that led up to it, like the Chargers game. I sat there and watched him, you know, with his head down after that game. Uh, He was upset. He had two catches for 20 yards in that outing. And um, but this was it. It was the Steelers game. One catch for six yards. And as I mentioned before, because of the time element of it, they you know, they like 
didn't demand a trade, but really asked for a trade right after that, like get him out of here. And then one thing led to another. And I do think that, um, I do think that the video and the events of Tuesday with Odell Beckham Sr. posting the video, those were a factor. That's going scorched earth. And I don't think there's coming back from that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my next question because Andrew kind of indicated that wasn't as big a factor, but (laughs) I don't know how much I believe that. I really do think it was maybe this stuff had been stewing and maybe Andrew was trying to make a decision on what to do next with Odell. Maybe he was trying to trade him, right? But as soon as all of that became public from a family member and Odell kind of stayed quiet, it just... It just doesn't make sense that the video didn't play some role in this. And, and that's why, you know, I, I asked him, like, okay, if the video didn't play a role, when did you think this was untenable? Because the guy was out there playing football on Sunday for you, and now all of a sudden you're releasing him and he's not, he's not even allowed to practice anymore. Right. And, you know, both things can be true. Andrew right. uh, can be speaking the truth and saying that this was not about a video, but it was one element of what happened. And here's why. Because... The video was basically an attack on your franchise quarterback by the camp of another player on your football team. And not just any player on your football team, but a very, very popular, larger-than-life player on your football team that almost has sort of LeBron James-like status, right? And we heard Miles Garrett talk about it today. Miles was upset. Miles been talking to him. John Johnson. I mean, these guys love Odell Beckham Jr. He's an icon. I mean, right in the midst of of Cleveland was that, you know, superstar player. And even though it didn't really turn out that way here, that is still the status that he has. And you cannot have your superstar players camp throwing your quarterback under the bus like that. Not going to happen. And so, yes, the video did play a role in that it was it was divisive and it brought the wrath of a lot of people down on Baker Mayfield. Even I mean, when you've got LeBron James weighing in and you've got NBA players with no, you have to like nip that in the bud and say it is over. Yeah, and and I think it's important to really recognize just how big of a deal Odell is. I mean, if people didn't figure that out on Tuesday when LeBron is tweeting about him, I, I think I, I don't know what you're paying attention to. I mean, Baker is Baker has star power, right? One of Heisman, a bunch of people from Oklahoma or Browns fans right now. Like Baker has a, a little star power beyond the city of Cleveland. Odell is like, he's sort of the LeBron James of the NFL. He's not that big, but he's about the NFL's version of that. And I mean, just go on Instagram, you'll find a million just random Odell Beckham Jr. accounts that are just posting photos, random photos of Odell Beckham. And I mean, the guy is, you know, kids who didn't even like football knew what an Odell was back when he made that one-handed catch they, out on the playground. They knew what an Odell was. So because of his stature and because of, like you said, it just brought the rain down of people who maybe otherwise wouldn't even care about the Browns. It's like you, you had to do something. Yes, because it really could have gotten divisive. It absolutely could have also because, I mean, look, You could just see it and hear it even in Miles' voice today. Even he was questioning, why is our superstar receiver getting one catch for six yards in a game that we lost and only scored 10 points in? When you've got players like that, other star players on the team starting to question strategy 
and uh, and starting to question targets and things like that. I mean, that's where this was going to be going. And they couldn't have that. And not only that, I mean, he wanted out. Uh, I reported earlier today that he had asked to be traded multiple times dating back to the offseason. And again, we even saw in 2019, it was like there was something to the the come get me thing. Okay. There, there was stuff to that. He didn't, I mean, who would have wanted to be here in the, that weird Freddie kitchen year anyways. So that shouldn't be any kind of a shocker, but, um, but he, he was asking to be traded before the season and the Browns would have, would have 100% traded him before the season. And I'll be writing more about this today, but they would have traded him before the season, but they couldn't, they couldn't because his, $12.79 million injury guarantee kicked in when he tore his ACL. So it just wasn't going to happen. And therefore they were all kind of stuck with coming back and trying to make it work, even though everyone really kind of knows that there has been something to the lack of chemistry between Baker and Odell. It was nobody's imagination. Uh, I still think it could have gotten better as this season went along. But it wasn't trending in the right direction. I mean, for Baker to only throw him the ball one time in that game until they got to the very end of the game, I mean, there is there is a disconnect there. I mean, you, you know, you've got to be able to get Odell Beckham Jr. the football. And if you can't do that, then there is no reason to keep him on the team. So, obviously, the focus is going to be on Baker now for the next nine weeks. Uh, and he has the shoulder injury. The Browns have not extended him yet. They have the fifth-year option. The focus is going to be on Baker, and I guess there's a couple narratives out there about him playing better without Odell Beckham Jr. There are numbers out there that show that. You know, whether you believe those numbers are indicative of reality or if you think it was just coincidence, the numbers are out there. And then all of this freelancing stuff has come up. And Mary Kay, this is something you've been talking about probably since 2019. Odell likes to freelance. Odell likes to, he's, a, he's kind of a typical number one receiver. I, I guess I'm wondering what your thoughts are on all of that as it pertains to Baker. Is it a problem that he couldn't adjust to this kind of receiver that Odell Beckham is, or is it just sort of the reality the Browns have to live with if they're going to move forward with Baker as their quarterback? Well, I mean, it is a timing and precision offense. And you're right. I've been harping on the whole style of these two guys since 2019, where Odell is a freelancer, he's creative, he's an artist, he'll get open, he'll beat the double team any way that he can, and he expects you to try to find him after that. Baker is, be where I need you to be, when I need you to be there, and that's how it's going to have to be. And this year, it became very abundantly clear that the coaching staff backed Baker up on that, okay? Alex Van Pelt was asked about it, and he was like, no, absolutely Odell's got to be on the money. He's got to be on the mark. And so I think that was part of it. And I think Odell was trying to play within the lines a little bit more this year. I think he was trying to be where he was supposed to be. Um, but I think that one drop in, um, in LA on fourth and two at the 17th, that really hurt this whole connection chemistry thing because Baker basically almost, I don't, he didn't really throw him the ball much after that. Maybe one more time, maybe two more times after that, the rest of the game. I think he targeted them twice after that. I mean, there were 47 points scored, 42 points scored by the Cleveland Browns in that game. He got the ball. He caught two passes for 20 yards. And remember, that was the NBA 
guys where Ron was there and everything. I mean, that, that, that's just not going to fly. And that was a function of he threw him the ball in the clutch, gave him a chance to score a touchdown, and he dropped that ball. That did not help anybody's case at all. Um, so, yeah, I think from a playing style, they didn't do well together. And maybe it wasn't going to get any better because Baker will throw you the ball if he trusts you. He has to trust you. Like, he doesn't really trust Anthony Schwartz right now. So Anthony Schwartz hasn't been getting the ball very much after a few things that happened early on. He just established he wasn't necessarily ready. He trusts Donovan Peoples-Jones. He trusts Jarvis Landry. He doesn't really trust Odell. And it was getting worse. It was getting worse. And when you get to that point, it's basically got to be over. Now, does that mean that Odell can't go somewhere and be very successful? I still think he can. I still think in the right situation uh, that, that he is still – an amazing receiver. We see him do amazing things in practice, uh, you know, just even, you know, during training camp. So, yeah, I still think he has it. I just think these two guys together, uh, we're, we're not going to cut it. Yeah, it's, it just sort of feels like that's what it comes down to is that, like, you know, there wasn't some big, you know, obviously the, the thing on Tuesday happened, but prior to that, there wasn't some big dust up. There wasn't like two guys that just didn't, didn't talk to each other or couldn't stand each other or something like that. It just feels like, you know what? It's just not working like period. And that, that was the decision that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski had to make. And uh, they, they obviously made the decision that, that it was time to move on from Odell. And it was sort of expedited here by, um, by what happened on Tuesday. Again, let's spend a little more time on Baker because he sort of has, I don't want to say he's gotten a pass, but but this week he kind of has gotten a pass because he did come under fire from this video. Where are you at with Baker right now? And, and what do you want to see from him over these next nine games that are going to make you feel good about him as the franchise quarterback? Well, I am going to be writing a column about this today, uh, a little bit about, you know, what, does Baker need to do and what needs to happen with Baker Mayfield? One of the things that I think is, is going to have to happen to get him back to where he needs to be is they've got to open things up a little bit. They've got to be a little bit more aggressive. They have to let him be Baker Mayfield. Uh, they have to put the ball back in his, into his hands. I mean, you can't have a draw on third and nine. You know what I mean? Like with the game on the line, you've got to really let him throw the ball. And I think that there will be more opportunities to do that going forward. And I say that because First of all, Jarvis is back. I think last week's game was uncharacteristic. I don't think we're going to see Jarvis Landry dropping multiple passes in a game, fumbling and committing a false start. Okay. He's, he was coming back off of the first games that he has ever missed in his entire career with injury. Okay. He's never really had to knock off the rust before he's never missed a game. So to miss four games, I think he figured out, oh yeah, I got to ramp back up into who I am again, into the five receiver that I am again. It just doesn't come back right away, especially when you start to get up there a little bit in years, in your career. But I think that you're going to see a much better Jarvis. I mean, think about this. I mean, he didn't have Jarvis for four games. That's huge. So no Jarvis, that hasn't helped him. They do not go to David Njoku enough. They still try to force it too much to Austin Hooper instead of getting the ball to David Njoku. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is back. That will help a lot. Uh, and Rashard, I mean, Rashard's got to start to come through for him as well. 
So that's what I would do. I would focus on those guys, especially Donovan Peoples-Jones, if he is sufficiently recovered from his groin injury. I would open up the offense more. I would give Baker every opportunity uh, to be that super cocky quarterback that everybody knows. You have to put the cocky back in Baker. Forget it. If he doesn't have that, then, then you're taking away what makes him special. So they have to let him do that, and they've got to start doing that Sunday in Cincinnati. All you have to do is go back to the last game in Cincinnati. He didn't have Odell on the field in that game. He went out there and he won that game 37 to 34. Basically didn't even have an incompletion in the second half. Had the game-winning touchdown pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones with, I think, 11 seconds left in the game. That's what you need to see from Baker Mayfield, but you have to call that kind of game for him. It's not going to happen by accident. You've got You've got to let him be the guy that he is. Okay. Now somebody else will have a chance to let Odell Beckham Jr. Be the guy that he is. Uh, there's, I'm looking at the waiver claim priority um, right now. So we don't know exactly when this transaction is going to go through. Uh, he will actually not be able to be claimed until Monday uh, at the earliest, if, even if it happens tomorrow. Um, so we're not sure. Andrew Barry said next couple, next few days today when we talked to him. So, uh, right now, it's Detroit, Miami, Houston, Jacksonville, the Jets, Washington. Oh, there's the Giants at number seven. <laughs> Eagles at eight. Where it gets interesting, there is Seattle at, at number nine. I think that's the first really kind of team that jumps out to me is like, hey, maybe they would take a, a claim on this guy. Where do you think he ends up? Well, I'll tell you what. That is part of the, the finalizing what's going on right now because Obviously, Odell Beckham Jr.'s camp does not want him to go from one bad situation to another. They want to dictate where he gets to go, and that will be determined by nobody picking him up. Uh, so that, that's crucial in this whole thing, and that, that's what they're trying to work through. And if, if they don't handle this the right way and the money comes down to uh, basically nothing, I mean, John Dorsey, John Dorsey could, could claim him again for the Detroit Lions of course the Browns would end up playing him in a couple of weeks which would be interesting they certainly wouldn't worry about that game they're going to win that game um, but uh, you know Odell Beckham Jr. and his camp they didn't go through all of this so that he could get claimed they they did not do that so that's what's happening right now trying to work this out so that he could go somewhere now it, it would almost be bad business, in my opinion, for Andrew Barry and the Cleveland Browns to sort of force him to be, to go through, you know, to be, to get claimed, to force him to get claimed or to, to open up the door for him to get claimed. I think it would be good business if you can find a way to do it with some kind of bookkeeping to let him just become free. And I don't, I don't know if that can be done and maybe they shouldn't do, I mean, after what happened this past week, maybe they shouldn't do many of those kind of favors, but once again, you know, free agents talk teams, watch players that want to sign with the team, watch how you treat your big name stars. Right. So all of these things come into play. I, if I were the Cleveland Browns would try to find a way to really free OBJ and, and let him, let him go. I mean, let him go. He tried to make this work. I think he was the good soldier this year. He kept his mouth shut. 
He went out and played injured against the Broncos. The coaches spoke very highly of him, how he handled everything in the building. He was a mentor. He was a pretty good teammate until, you know, you have to take drastic measures sometimes when you're trying to get out of a place. I mean, I remember Kyle Shanahan getting out of here. It wasn't pretty. I mean, when you're trying to extricate. You had a whole PowerPoint. Yeah. When you have to extricate yourself from a situation, it's going to get ugly. Okay. And they did what they felt they had to do. But once again, I actually think it would be better business for the Cleveland Browns to not send him somewhere else to die like the Detroit Lions. And why would the Detroit Lions even want to claim? You know what I mean? Yeah, that I, don't, even... I don't think Detroit, I mean, unless Dorsey yeah. really loves the guy. I mean, Detroit doesn't want to win. Right. Houston so, doesn't want to win. No, no. You know, the one that's interesting that I kind of glossed over is Miami at number two. Right. Because they're having such an awful year. And maybe they want to see, it's, kind of, it's almost the Baker thing. They want to see what Tua can do with a, a wide receiver like, like Odell Beckham. Maybe they want to get a look at that. Um, yeah. And, you know, may, maybe Odell would want to go to Miami, although I think he wants to go somewhere where he can win yes. a Super Bowl. And that, that's not going to happen down there. Well, one thing, and I haven't even had a chance to report this yet. One thing uh, in my dealings today is, you know, Odell's always wanted to play with Tom Brady. But in, in making some phone calls today, uh, I don't think that they're going to be interested in, in signing him, which I actually think they should. I mean, why, you know, why not? Um, but as of right now, the early indication that I got was that that wasn't going to be something that was in the cards. But, you know, if I were the Chiefs, I would certainly, certainly think about signing Odell Beckham Jr. if I were the Chiefs. I mean, could you, if, if we think what we're seeing is accurate and that he's still the Odell that we know. I mean, Odell and Patrick Mahomes could, could make some music together, I think, and they could really use him. Yeah. I mean, so, the chiefs, right? the chiefs are probably a bigger disappointment than the Browns right now. They have, right. they have the same record. Um, Baltimore. We've talked about Baltimore a little bit. That would be interesting. Yeah. Pittsburgh is an intriguing one. I don't know how much Odell would want to go there with big Ben, but guys love Mike Tomlin. I mean, every player loves playing for Mike Tomlin. Uh, so he'd be yeah. a draw in the NFC, maybe Green Bay, Arizona. L.A. has always it's always felt like he's going to play for the Rams one day. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of options out there if he's able to get through waivers. What about New England? Yeah, you know, I so I thought about that with the Bill connection. So I guess it would just depend what he thinks of Mac Jones. And I've been watching a little bit of Mac Jones. I mean, he's not that bad. I mean, he, right. he looks, he looks pretty good. So here's the thing. He's always admired Bill Belichick. He loves those, you know, really cerebral, cerebral, smart coaches. So he loves Bill Belichick. He loves the Kyle Shanahan's. Uh, I think he would like a Sean McVay um, in terms of a coach. Uh, so I, I could see something like, it almost seems to me like the kind of move that the Patriots would make. I mean, they do kind of take a guy off the scrap heap, like an Odell Beckham Jr., at the right price and they revive their career very, very Patriot like for them to do something like that. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're interested, but that's, it just seems like Bill Belichick, uh, Bill Belichickian to me, something that he would at least think about. Um, but if, if Odell has his druthers, he's go- going to want to go uh, to where he can play with in a system with a really good coach and a really good quarterback. So you're, once again, you're talking about, 
you know, the, you know, like the Rams, the Bucks, the Patriots, the Patriots, you know, don't have the quarterback yet, but they've got a good young quarterback. Um, the Chiefs, I would think the Ravens, the Raiders, even though that's. Yeah, know, we didn't mention of, them. Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr, Derek Carr and Odell Beckham Jr., that would be uh, quite the combo. So if he becomes free, I think he's going to have some opportunities. Yeah. Uh, Packers, Cards, a number, of ran, a number of teams in the NFC. And this would kind of be the first time in his career that he would be a free agent. Mm-hmm. He got traded Absolutely. here to Cleveland. And yeah, this would be kind of his first opportunity to be a free agent if he gets there. Uh, okay. Anything we, anything we forget here, Mary Kay? Is there anything that we didn't talk about regarding this? Um, no, I, I think we, I think we pretty much covered all the bases. I think now it's just going to be really interesting to see if they, you know, throw them out there and let them just become a free agent or if they work it so that he gets stuck going wherever, whoever claims it. I guess there is, there is one other thing. And I guess it's because this is sort of the first real test of the Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski. You know, I don't, I don't want to obviously dealing with COVID and all that last year, but this was the first like player unrest. I mean, I mean, this is, this is tough stuff to navigate. How do you think they did? You know, I, I think that they did the best they could with what they had to work with. Again, I think uh, the video was sort of the last straw scorched earth move on the part of the Beckham camp. And if you remember back when he was in New York, Odell sat down on that set with little Wayne and Josina Anderson and kind of threw Eli Manning under the bus. Right. And that hastened his exit from New York because what you cannot have, as I said before, you cannot have the star player at odds with the quarterback. Doesn't work. Does not work. Uh, so I, I still think that, uh, you know, that that had something to do with what went on here. And, uh, and there was just no way they, they are going to support their quarterback. They put all their eggs in the basket of Baker Mayfield. And again, we don't know where that whole thing is going either. I mean, that's going to be a, a lot to talk about over the next nine weeks and the off season is Baker Mayfield. Um, but, but for now, the only thing that they situation to try to save the season. One, one last thing, just real quick. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Would you make this trade again? I actually, I yeah. think, because you have to frame it in the the time that it was, mm-hmm. but then also, I mean, look, we, we know it didn't work, but I think I'd have given it a shot still. I, I still think it's, it's a trade you would consider making again, but you got to have a better structure. You got to have, you can't have Freddie Kitchens running the show. <laughs> that was a big piece of it. I, I still think, and, you know, the Giants didn't really get a whole lot out of it. I still think it's a trade that, that I would consider making again and, and hope for a better result. Absolutely. They rolled the dice on a star player. It was John Dorsey. He made a big blockbuster move. And like you said, it's not like, you know, the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl because of this trade. I mean, come on. Um, so absolutely, it was an opportunity to try to have a star player on your team. And think about this, Dan. If he had not torn his ACL, we don't know the answer to this, 
but maybe he could have been the difference in the Chiefs game. He could have been the reason they got to the AFC Championship game, and who knows, maybe even the Super Bowl, because he was starting to kind of turn it on a little bit, and they were starting to figure out how to use him. And then it just, of course, went to hell in a handbag. But he could have been the reason uh, why they went to the Super Bowl last year, probably wouldn't have won it, uh, but stranger things have happened. I would do this trade all over again. Yeah, I think that's a, you, you rolled the dice. It didn't mm-hmm. work out. At some point in, the, in that whole rebuild, you had to roll the dice on somebody. And yep. it just it just didn't work. But maybe if the circumstances had been different, had a different coach, I, I don't know. Maybe it would have maybe it would have turned out differently um, after that first year. Okay. Uh, that'll do it here for, I guess we'll call this an emergency podcast, Mary Kay. Our emergency Odell Beckham Jr. podcast. He'll be released here at some point in the next few days. And then I guess we'll have to see where he ends up. Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great.